forgot how to start. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Shell. And today we are talking about season three, episode 14, called Long Distance Call. We start out on a stormy night. A man inside his house is having a drink. He's kind of wandering around like something is bothering him. Then the phone rings and he looks very upset about it. The caller ID says SHA33. Shass? 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 I'm going to go with Shass. I like, I like Shass. I don't know. So, okay, so the caller ID says Shass. <laughs> he answers the phone and a woman says, Ben? He says, Linda. She says, I had to talk to you. Ben says, You can't keep calling here. Linda says, I know, I know. Just tell me you thought about it, please. He says, there's nothing to think about. She says, don't say that. He says, I can't. You know I can't. My wife. Linda says, I'm begging you. Come to me. Come to me, Ben. He says no, and then hangs up the phone. It rings again with the same caller ID. He picks it up and says, Linda, please just leave me alone. There's a lot of static on the line. She says, I'm not going to stop. I miss you, Ben. We could be happy. <laughs> Super crazy ex. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Crazy stalker ex. I like to think that I've never gotten to that point, but I just can't <laughs> be sure. <laughs> I got to say, for me, like, whenever there's been an end to a relationship, I've pretty much just been like, okay, I'm done. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> there's never even been a thought in my mind mm-hmm. in any of the relationships that I've had of, like, maybe I should go back. I've gone not back a couple a, times. No, not I mean, even an inkling. I mean, even, like, Eric, obviously, I went back to Eric, you know. But that was me being like, listen, I want to get married and have a baby, and I want to do that with you. So <laughs> if you could give me an answer in three to five business days, <laughs> that would be really great. Thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> but besides Eric, um, I, think, I think I've felt that way a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. She says, I miss you, Ben. We could be happy. We could be happy together. He says, this is crazy. She says, I love you forever. Don't you love me? He says, you know I do, more than anything, but I'm sorry. And he hangs with the phone again. It starts to ring again with the same caller ID. He picks up the receiver and starts slamming it down on its cradle over and over. That's the- kind of violent for an annoying phone call. Right. <laughs> then he rips the phone cord out of the wall and throws the phone. But it starts to ring again, even though it's not connected. Which means fishy business. Yes. He pulls a gun out of his desk and says, Okay, Linda, you win. I'm coming. He puts the gun under his chin and pulls the trigger. And we see blood splatter all over the phone. And <laughs> like, what? Why? Just why? Yep. <sighs> then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to Dean um, waiting on a bench and hanging up a phone call. Sam walks up and Dean says, So... Sam says, so the professor doesn't know crap. <laughs> Dean says, shocking. Pack your panties, Sammy. We're hitting the road. <laughs> okay. okay. All I'm thinking about is Sam and panties. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean he wears the whitey tighties? <laughs> I feel like he could be one to wear whitey tighties. I feel like maybe, maybe there was a scene of him in boxer briefs once. But, I mean, that just might be... My head going to its happy place. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only... Oh. What? The only time... I might be thinking of the scene of him in a towel. That might be what I'm thinking. Maybe that. Or when he's doing his, like, pull-up scene. Oh, yeah. Uh (laughs) Hey. (laughs) 
That's a good one too. How you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Yesterday we were in Port Townsend with my good friend Diana, and um, we were talking about uh, a mutual friend we have that. Um, even though she's married and has been for a long time, mm-hmm. she always likes to have a crush on somebody. And no. and we were like, you know, that's probably she's been married for a long time. You Usually, know. like an actor or something. You yeah, know, it's like, not it's yeah. not that abnormal. It's totally yeah. fine. Um, and I was like, I, Eric was there. I was like, don't worry, Eric. I don't have a crush on anyone. And he said, we had been listening to a, one of our podcasts earlier that day, mm-hmm. and he said, I know how you feel about Dean Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> also, and, we should call it. I, I, I yeah, I've said. <laughs> I said, look, like, I might have a crush on Dean Winchester, but I don't have a crush on Jensen Ackles. <laughs> and Eric was like, okay. And then yeah. I was like, besides, I'm a Misha girl. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. yeah. Like, this is, listen, you should know better than mm-hmm. this. Not that Jensen Ackles isn't crushable, because he sure is. I mean, all of them are. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Like, for me, I think it goes, well, you know, I think it goes Jensen. Mm-hmm. And then Jared and Misha are tied for second. Yeah. Like, I can't pick one over the other. Yeah, that'd be pretty difficult. It's pretty difficult. You'd have to sample them out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, darn. <laughs> what a challenge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so Dean says, pack your panties, Sammy. We're hitting the road. <laughs> Sam says, what? What's up? Dean says, that was Bobby. Some banker blew his head off in Ohio, and he thinks there's a spirit involved. Sam says, so you two were talking a case? Dean says, no, we were actually talking about our feelings and then our favorite boy bands. Yeah, we were talking a case. (laughs) Sam says, so a spirit? What? Dean says, well, Banker was complaining about some electrical problems at his pad for like a week. Phones going haywire, computers flipping on and off. This is not ringing your bell? Sam says, well, sure, yeah, but Dean, we're on a case. Dean says, whose? And Sam says, yours. Dean says, right, yeah, you could have fooled me. Sam says, what the hell else have we been doing lately other than trying to break your deal? Dean says, chasing our tails, that's what. Sam, we've talked to every professor, witch, soothsayer, and two-bit cardiac in the lower 48. Nobody it it sounded squat. like you said cardiac. <laughs> <laughs> I said cardiac. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. And he says, and we can't find Bella. We can't find the cult. So until we actually find something, I'd like to do my job. Sam says, well, there's one thing we haven't tried yet. Dean says, no, Sam. No, I'm not going to have this fight with you. Sam says, Dean, we should summon Ruby. She says she knows how to save you. Dean says, well, she can't. Sam says, oh, really? And you know this for sure. Dean says, I do. Sam says, how? And Dean says, because she told me, okay? She told me flat out that she could not save me. Nobody can. Sam says, and you just somehow neglected to mention this to me? Dean says, well, you know, I really don't care what the bitch thinks, and neither should you. So Sam says, so what? Now you're keeping secrets from me, Dean? Dean says, you really want to talk about who's (laughs) keeping secrets from who? And Sam just walks away. (laughs) Dean says, now where are you going? Sam says, guess I'm going to Ohio. So we cut to Sam and Dean and Ben the Banker's house. His wife says, I found him there. Dean says, why don't you just tell us everything you saw, Mrs. Waters? She says, you mean besides my dead husband? Sam says, well, just everything else you saw, please. So she sighs and says, there was blood everywhere. The phone was ripped from the wall. His favorite scotch on the desk. What else could you possibly want to know? 
Sam says, why was the phone ripped from the wall? She says, I don't know. Sam asks, you mind if I take a look? So while Sam checks it out, she says to Dean, I already went over this with the other detectives. Dean says, well, we'll be out of your hair in no time, ma'am. Sam is looking through the caller ID uh, history and asks, ma'am, what time did your husband die? She says, sometime after 11. So Sam shows Dean the caller ID and Dean says, what about strange phone calls? Receive any of those lately? Weird interference, static, anything like that? She says, no. But then Dean gives her the stink eye. (laughs) and says mrs waters withholding information from the police is a capital offense sam clears his throat and gives dean a look he's like come on dude really (laughs) yeah dean says in some parts of the world i'm sure (laughs) mrs waters says a couple of weeks ago there was well i woke up one morning i heard ben in his study and i thought he was talking to a woman sam asks what made you think that she says because he kept calling her linda the thing is i picked up the other line and nobody was there ben was talking to nobody Sam says, there was nothing. She says, just static. Sam says, did you ever speak to Ben about this phone call? She says, no, I should have, but no. Sam asks, did he ever say who Linda was? And she says, what difference does it make? There was no one on the other end. So we cut to Dean doing research on a computer. He says, Linda's a babe. Or was. Linda Bateman, she and Ben Waters were high school sweethearts. Sam asks, so what happened? Dean says, drunk driver hit them head on. Ben walked away. Sam says, so what then? Dead flame calls to chat? Dean says, you would think, but Linda was cremated. So why is she still floating around? What about that caller ID? I just, okay. (laughs) What? I just had a mental image in my mind of like a cup of water with like little, like ashy bits floating in it. Oh no. (laughs) Floating around. I'm just floating around. Anyways. (laughs) Sam says, it turns out it's a phone number. Dean says, it's no phone number I've ever seen. Sam says, yeah, because it's about a century old, from back when phones had cranks. Dean says, so why use that number to reach out and touch someone? (laughs) Sam says, you got me there too, but either way, we should run a trace on it. Dean says, well, how the hell are you going to trace a number that's over 100 years old? So we cut to a business building basement. Sam and Dean are being shown around by a guy named Mr. Adams. Um, He says... Oh my gosh, it took me, it was so hard for me to figure out what this guy's name was. I literally wrote businessman like five times and then was like, she's got to have a name. So I IMDb it and mm-hmm. I decide that this actor plays somebody. So I wrote this person's name down. And then <laughs> later in the episode, we meet that actual person whose mm-hmm. name I'd written. So I had to like cross it out and write. <laughs> it just took forever. There's yeah. a couple actors on here that look very similar. Oh. So it was just, uh, anyways, Yeah. my writing is awful. <laughs> um, so, okay, so Mr. Adams, um, he says, uh, we don't get too many folks from HQ down here. Dean says, yes, well, the main office mentioned that there would be a lunch. Mr. Adams says, well, I'm sure we can arrange something. The man you gentlemen want to be speaking with is right here. Uh, before he finishes his sentence, they notice a bunch of flies swarming around. He says, I know, sorry, got something of a hygiene issue down here, if you ask me. So they walk into a room with a bunch of computer monitors and keyboards. It's filthy, everything is covered in old food, and the dude sitting there is looking at porn. (laughs) Mr. Adams says, Stewie, what did I tell you about keeping this place clean? Stewie looks super greasy. Also, like... Not somebody that I would want to meet. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, he just looks skeezy. <clears throat> so, hold on. I need a drink of water. <laughs> we should have some sort of, like, music 
clip that we could play. I know. We, I think we talked about that in a previous episode. We yeah. should really look into how to do we that. <laughs> okay, like, you listen to Wayward Podcast, right? Yeah. Like, I love how they, they're like, hold music or whatever, and then they just, like, play a little tune or yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay, we should no, totally do something but, like, like that. how would you even do that? I don't know. There's got it. I bet it's super easy. Probably, but then you, what, I think copyright would be an issue, though. You'd have to, like, make up your own little tune or whatever. No, I think there's, like, you know how they have, like, stock photos. Yeah. Yeah, probably. They have the same thing. They do definitely have the same thing with sound. Yeah. I remember before we started doing this podcast, um, some, uh, some articles that I read were, like, you gotta have music for your podcast, and Mm -hmm. here's a couple sites where you can just take the music, because it's, you know, free, no copyrights. Yeah. And then, of course, we never did any music because that sounds hard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that would even work. Yeah. We could figure it out, probably. Probably. So, Stewie keeps closing porn tabs on his computer. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Adams introduces them. Stewie says, still closing out porn tabs. Oh, no. Stewie. uh, I I wrote that so weird. Sorry. (laughs) So, Stewie, still closing out porn tabs, says, I don't know how this all got here. And he awkwardly crosses his legs. (laughs) Ew. <laughs> totally ew. Just ew. Mr. Adams says, give these gentlemen everything they need, and then he leaves. Stewie, Stewie says, so can I help you? Dean says, is that bustyasianbeauties.com? Stewie <laughs> says, he knows, apparently. Yeah, Stewie says, no, maybe. <laughs> Dean says, word to the wise, platinum membership worth every penny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sam says, all right, anyway, we're here to trace a number. He hands Stewie a paper with a century-old number on it. Stewie says, where did you get this? Seb says, off color ID. Stewie says, no, that's impossible. Dean says, hasn't been used in a few years. We know. Stewie says, a few years? It's prehistoric. Trust me, nobody's using this number anymore. Sam says, sure. Could you run it anyways? Stewie says, sure. Why don't I just rearrange my whole life first? Dean says, what were you doing that was so important? I know, like, where's this sudden attitude? (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, listen, Stewie, you got like six kinds of employee code violations down here, (laughs) not to mention the sickening porn clogging up your hard drive. When my partner says run the number, I suggest you run the number. They all glare at each other, and Stewie finally starts running the number. Fine. (laughs) You know, Dean looks very proud of himself. Stewie says, holy crap, I can't tell you where this number comes from, but I can tell you where it's been going. Ten different houses in the past two weeks all got calls from the same number. Stewie sits back down and says, so are we done here? Because I was sort of busy. He's like trying to kick him out, you know, like. He wants to get back to his porn. I mean, but like the guts of that guy. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I know. the balls of that guy. "Mm, Too, too far. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, like the guts of that guy to just like kick them out like he's not being discreet at all right right yeah it's just like Ugh. <laughs> so we cut to sam knocking on the door of a house a man answers sam says he's with the phone company the guy says that he didn't call the phone company sam says oh no sir we're calling you we've had a lot of complaints from the neighborhood lately dropped calls static maybe even strange voices on the other end of the line the man says no we haven't had any of that here Sam thanks him for his time and notices a young teenage girl staring at him from the house. She looks pretty freaked out, but the dad closes the door. Just as Sam is about to get in his car, the girl is there. Her name is Lainey. She says, no way you work for the phone company. (laughs) Sam says, sure I do. She says, since when does a phone guy drive a rental car or wear a cheap suit? (laughs) And um, it doesn't look that cheap, I thought. I honestly probably couldn't tell you the difference between a cheap suit and like... 
an expensive one. Yeah, you're Obviously, right. if it's like a really expensive one or a really cheap one, you could probably tell the difference just based off of like if they were the just like right next to each other, and like that sort of thing. Yeah. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, if I were to like look at somebody walk by that had a really nice suit on, I could probably be like, oh, that's probably an expensive suit. Yeah. That's about as much as far as my knowledge goes. Yeah. If they walk by in like a really like cheap suit and by cheap, it doesn't. Well, it may or may not be cheap. As if it doesn't doesn't fit, fit right but right. usually the really expensive ones are like custom you Taylor, know if you're getting yeah. like really expensive ones and yeah so they fit a lot better yeah i think that's that pretty sense. much what i go by is like okay fit. does it fit well no it's probably cheap yeah know? okay sam says yeah well maybe we're both keeping secrets she says why did you ask my dad if he, we hear strange voices on the phone sam says why did you hear something she says no sam says my mistake thought maybe you did she says, well, I didn't, okay? <laughs> Sam says, okay, sorry to bother you. Much sass. <laughs> because, you know, if you did, then I would have told you that I've been right where you're standing right now, hearing things, even seeing things that couldn't be explained. Maybe I would have been able to help out a little bit. She says, hey, wait, maybe I've been talking on the phone with my mom. Sam says, well, that's not so strange. Lainey says, she's dead, like three years now dead. Sam asks, how often does she call you? She says, a few times. It started a week ago. I thought I was, like, crazy or something. Sam says, well, I can tell you one thing for sure, and you're going to have to go with me on this, okay? You're not crazy. So we cut to Sam driving in his car. Dean calls him on the phone and says, dude, stiffs are calling people all over town. I just talked to an 84-year-old grandmother who's having phone sex with her husband. Ew. Who, <laughs> who died in Korea. I don't even want to, like, no. <laughs> Dean says, completely rocked my understanding of the word necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're that old, get it while you can. I you know? guess. I guess. I think that's fine. Sam I says, don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to hear about it, but the fact that it's happening, sure. I mean, it's things like that are going to happen whether you know about it or not. I just don't particularly want to be told about them. Oh, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Sam says, so what the hell's going on here, Dean? Dean says, beats me, but we better find out soon. This place is turning into spook central. So they get off the phone, and we stay with Dean. His cell starts to ring. He picks it up and says, yeah, what? All we hear is static at first. Then Daddy Winchester says, Dean, is that you? Dean says, Dad? Then we cut to Sam and Dean in their motel room. Sam says, I mean, Dad, you really think it was Dad? Dean says, I don't know, maybe. Sam asks, well, what did he sound like? Dean says, like Oprah. It was dad. He sounded like dad. What do you think? Sam asks, what did he say? And Dean says, my name. Then the call dropped out. Sam says, why would he even call in the first place, Dean? Dean says, I don't know, man. Why are ghosts calling anybody in this town? But I mean, other people are hearing from their loved ones. Why can't we? It's at least a possibility, right? Sam says, yeah, I guess. Dean says, okay, so what if it really is dad? What happens if he calls back? What do I say? Sam says, hello. <laughs> Dean says, hello? That's what you come back with? Hello? Dean walks... I'm freaking out right now. I know. not helping. <laughs> Dean, Dean walks outside totally annoyed. So we cut to Dean walking back inside. He says, find anything? Sam says, after three hours, I have found no reason why anything supernatural would be going on here. Dean says, wow, you know... <laughs> Dean says, wow, you know, you'd think a Stanford education and a high school hookup rate of 0.0, .0 would produce better results than that. Poor Sammy. I know. <laughs> Sam says, hilarious. Dean says, Sam, you're just looking in the wrong places. Sam asks, and what are the right places? 
Dean pulls out a brochure and says, Motel Pamphlet Rack. It says, Milan, uh, Ohio. <laughs> I thought it said audio. <laughs> audio! Which is not a word. So, um, audio is a word. Uh, oh, O-T-T-I-O. Oh, yeah, no, that's, not, <laughs> yeah. that's not a word. Right. A-U-D-I-O is a word. <laughs> yeah, so Milan, Ohio, birthplace of Thomas Edison. Sam says, so what? Dean says, keep reading. So Sam reads for a minute and says, you're kidding. So we cut to Sam and Dean taking a museum tour with a bunch of people. The tour guide says, here we have one of the museum's most unique and treasured possessions, Thomas Edison's spirit phone. Did you know that Mr. Edison, while being one of America's most beloved inventors, was also a devout occultist? He spent years working on this, his final invention, which he was convinced could be used to communicate with the dead. Pretty spooky, huh? The tour guide leads everyone away, but Sam and Dean stay with the spirit phone. They EMF it, but get no results. <laughs> that always gets me every time they EMF it, or they're EMFing it, or like whatever, like, I just... Mm. I love it. So Dean says, what do you think? Sam says, honestly, it kind of just looks like an old pile of junk to me. Dean says, it's not even plugged in. Sam says, maybe it doesn't work like that. Dean says, okay, maybe it's like a radio tower, you know, broadcasting the dead all over town. You know, the caller ID is 100 years old, right? Right around the time this thing was built. Sam says, yeah, but why would it all of a sudden start working now? Dean says, I don't know, but as long as the moldy are calling the freshies around here, (laughs) it's the best reason we got. So maybe it really is dead. So we cut to later at night in their motel room. Sam is sleeping, but Dean is awake staring at his phone. It starts. Oh I know. Ugh. It starts to ring, and the caller ID says, Sash. I can't say it. S-H-A-3-3. Shash. Shash. There we go. I said, like, hash, or like, shash. <laughs> shash. Shash. Okay. okay. Um, Dean answers it, and his dad says, Dean. Dean says, is it really you? And John says, it's me. Dean says, how can I be sure? John says, you can't, Dean. How could you do it? Dean says, do what? John says, sell your soul. Dean says, I was looking after Sammy like you told me to. John says, I never wanted this. Never. You're my boy. I love you. I can't watch you go to hell. Dean says, I'm sorry. I don't know how to stop it. John says, because if you break the deal, Sam dies, right? Dean says, what? John says, well, I know my... John says, well, I know a way out for both of you. The demon who holds your contract. He's here now. So we cut to Lainey on her computer. She instant messages a friend, and then she gets a message from SHA33. It says, Lainey, is that you? Lainey types, mom. Her mom types, I asked you a question last night. Have you thought about it? Lainey types, I don't know what you want. Her mom types, of course you do. I want to see you. Lainey types, I went to see you at the cemetery. Her mom types, that's not what I mean. Lainey types, but I'm scared. Her mom says, or types, don't be scared. I'm right here with you. Then the screen goes dark and then shows her um, herself with her mom behind her touching her shoulder. Lainey freaks out and turns around, but her mom isn't there. I would freak out too. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. That was crazy. (laughs) The screen turns off and then back on showing the words come to me over and over and over. Super sketchy. <laughs> so we cut to Sam uh, walking into their motel room. Dean's like, what's up? Sam says, girl, Lainey, her mom's ghost spooked her out pretty bad last night. What are you doing? Dean says, I think Dad's right. I think the demon is here. He hands Sam some papers and says, check it out. Sam says, what is this? Weather reports? Dean says, omens, demonic omens, electrical storms everywhere we've been for the last two weeks. 
Sam says, I don't remember any lightning storms. Dean says, well, I don't remember you studying meteorology as a kid either. But I'm telling you, that bastard's been tailing me, wearing some poor dude's meat. Sam yeah. says, Ugh. Sam says, and it's following you because... Dean says, I guess I'm big game, you know? My ass is too sweet to let out of sight. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, he looks really proud of himself here, too. <laughs> Sam says, okay, sure. Dean says, don't get too excited, Sammy. You might pull something. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, look, I want to believe this, man. I really do. Dean yells, then believe it. I mean, if we get this sucker, it's Miller time. Sam says, yeah, that's another thing. Dad rattles off an exorcism that can kill a demon. I mean, not just send it back to hell, but kill it. Dean says, I checked it out. This is heavy duty, dark ages, 15th century. Sam says, yeah, I checked on it too, Dean, and so did Bobby. Look, it definitely is an exorcism. There's just no evidence that it can kill a demon. Dean says, no evidence it can't. Hey, as far as I know, the only one of us that actually that's actually been to hell is Dad, okay? Think maybe he picked up a couple of tricks down there, like which exorcism will work? Okay, I just don't think that down in hell, when you're getting tortured, demons are going to be like, oh, by the way, <laughs> this exorcism could kill me. This is not no. something that's going to come up. Probably not. Yeah, I just don't think that makes any sense. <laughs> so Sam says, maybe it does. Look, I hope it does too, but we just got to be sure. Dean says, why aren't we sure? Sam says, because I don't know what's going on around here, Dean. I mean, some guy blows his brains out. A little girl is scared out of her wits. Dean says, wow, man, a couple civvies are freaked out by some ghosts. Newsflash, Sam, people are supposed to be freaked out by ghosts. Also. <laughs> yeah. Sam sighs and says, did Dad tell you where to find the demon? Dean says, I'm waiting on the call. Sam says, I told Lady I'd stop by. Dean says, oh, good. Yeah, no, you go hang out with Jailbait. Just watch out for Chris Henson. <laughs> Or Hansen. And didn't you look up who Chris Hansen was? So, yeah, he's a... Oh, okay. He was a... Not a writer. Um, like a TV guy. He did some... Okay, let me look it up again because I'm going to say it wrong. But basically, from what I remember, it was like he kind of like solved cases on... Or he, it was like a TV show. Okay, so <laughs> let me just like read... Google here. Okay. Um, American television journalist uh, known for his work on Dateline NBC, in particular the former segment How to Catch a Predator, um, which revolved around catching potential internet sex predators using a sting operation. Okay. So just going back to... Crime? I don't remember. Yeah. I'm not going to say this right. So Um, Sam is hanging out with Jailbait, basically, and to watch mm -hmm. out for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So meanwhile, so Dean says, meanwhile, I'll be here, you know, getting ready to save my life. (laughs) Sam turns to walk away, and Dean says, You are unbelievable. You know that? I mean, for months now, we've been trying to break this demon deal. Now Dad's about to give us the freaking address, and you can't accept it? The man is dead, and you're still butting heads with the guy. Sam says, That is not what this is about. Dean's like, Then what is it? Sam says, The fact is, we got no hard proof here, Dean. After everything, you're still just going on blind faith. Dean says, Yeah, well, maybe. You know, maybe that's all I got, okay? Sam says, please, just please don't go anywhere until I get back. Okay, Dean? Please. Sam leaves. We cut to Lainey's house. Sam asks her, have you told your father about any of this? She says, and bother him at work? No, he wouldn't believe me anyways. I feel like there's some things, though, you just bother him at work. You know, like... (laughs) Like, if dead people are talking to you... Bother them at work. (laughs) Right. I think that's valid. Um, She says, he just checked me into therapy. Sam asks, so what did your mother say? 
Lainey says that she wanted to see me. So at first, I thought I was supposed to go to the cemetery. Sam says, did you? She says, nothing happened. But then she started asking me to do other things. Bad things. We cut to Lainey's little brother, who it looks like he's maybe five years old, playing with some toys. He has a toy telephone that starts to ring. He answers it and says, hello, Simon Greenfield speaking. Hi, Mommy. Yeah, I want to see you. Where are you? So we Mm. cut to Dean. His cell rings, and Dean answers, saying, Dad? John says, Dean. Dean asks, where's the demon? We cut back to Sam. He says, Lainey, please tell me what happened. It's very important. She says, Mom told me to go into Dad's medicine cabinet. Take his sleeping pills. Take all his sleeping pills. Sam says, she wanted you to kill yourself? Lainey nods and says, why would my mom want me to do that? I mean, just so I could come to her? Sam says, what did you say? Lainey says, she wanted me to come to her. Sam says, no, no. How did she say it exactly? Lainey says, come to me, like a million times. Sam says, Lainey, that's not your mother. (laughs) That ain't your madre. (laughs) So we cut to Dean parking his car on a street and grabbing supplies out of his trunk. We cut back to Sam. He says, Lainey, listen, don't answer the phone. Don't use the computer. Don't do anything unless I say to, all right? She notices her little brother is gone and says, where's Simon? We cut to Dean walking into a house. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. He yells, hello? We cut to Simon walking across a busy street. Cars are honking at him. We cut back to Dean putting a rosary into a jug of water and making devil's traps on the floor. We cut back to Simon almost becoming roadkill. (laughs) A semi-truck barely misses him. Sam pulls him out of the way in time. We cut to Sam and Dean talking on the phone. Sam says, Dean, it's not dad. Dean says, what is it? Sam says, a crocata. I think I said that right. I think so. Crocata? Crocata, yeah. So Dean asks, is that a sandwich? Sam says, some kind of scavenger mimics loved ones. It does sound like a good sandwich name, though. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Sam says, some kind of scavenger mimics loved ones, whispers, come to me, lures you into the dark, and swallows your soul. Dean says, crocata, right. Damn, that makes sense. Sam says, Dean, look, I'm sorry, man. I know. Dean interrupts and says, hey, don't these things live in filth? Sam, the flies at the phone company. We cut to Sam creeping around the phone company building. He looks in a window and sees Stewie working. Sam calls Dean and gets his voicemail. Uh, It says, oh yeah, Dean's voicemail says, this is Herman Munster. Leave a message. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sam says, Dean, I'm in the parking lot. He's here. Hurry. So we see Stewie go outside and try to get into his car when Sam slams him against it. Stewie says, whoa, what the hell? Sam says, I know what you are. Stewie says, wait, please, mister. Sam says, and I know how to kill you. Stewie says, please, wait. If we're overcharging you for the call waiting or something, I can fix that. I'm your friend. Please don't kill me. Just don't kill me, please. Then Mr. Adams knocks Sam out with a baseball bat. Stewie says, yeah, that's what happens when you mess with the phone company, Dillweed. (laughs) I'd just like to say that Sammy got knocked out yet again. (laughs) I know. We should have been uh, doing this whole because. We should have. A tally, yeah. Um, Stewie says, thank you, Clark, which I guess Clark is Mr. Adams' first name. Clark says, forget about it. Then he hits Stewie with the bat. Mm-hmm. We cut to Sam waking up tied to an office chair at Stewie's workstation. Stewie is tied to another chair. Stewie says, I'm sorry, Clark. I'm sorry for whatever I did to you. I'm sorry. Please. Clark takes an, out a knife. Clark takes a knife over to Stewie. And Sam says, wait, don't do it. Clark says, you're awake. Stewie says, you're not a killer, Clark. No, there's a good man inside of you. I know it. Mm-hmm. Clark says, what do you think, Sammy? Am I a good man? 
Sam says, just let him go. Clark says, I would, I really would, if only I'd had more than a salad for lunch. See, I'm starving. Then he stabs Stewie in the chest, and Stewie dies. Then Clark's mouth opens way too wide, and he's got, like, long, thin, sharp teeth. Totally, like, snake unhinged jaw. It almost kind of reminded me of the basilisk from Harry Potter. Oh, a little bit. It mm-hmm. actually it reminds me of um, Prisoner Zero from um, Doctor Who. There's uh, like yeah. an alien that had that like can mimic how people look, but its teeth look like that. Huh. It was so creepy. Yeah. It also kind of reminded me of something later on. Okay. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought that too. Super similar, but kind of. Yeah. Kind of just with like the open mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Clark sucks some white smoke out of Stevie's mouth <laughs> or face. I don't know. Sam says, my last call with Dean, it was you. You led me here. Clark says, some calls I make, some calls I take. But you have to admit, I, have you fo- I had you fooled for a while. All that Edison phone crap. Oh, well. Then he, goes, uh, oh, then he goes over to get some equipment and puts his hands. <laughs> Sorry. My writing is a little <laughs> weird here. Then he goes over to some equipment and puts his hands on. We hear some static. Oh, yeah. He puts his hands on, like, some switchboard yeah. type thing. And mm-hmm. uh, we hear some static, and Sam asks him what he's doing. Clark says, I'm killing your brother. Or maybe I'm killing another guy. We'll just have to see how it goes. We cut to a locker room at a police station. One of the cops has just put on civilian clothes. He gets a call in a cell and answers it. A little girl says, hi, daddy. He says, hey, baby, I thought you said you weren't going to call anymore. She says, I know, daddy. He says, you know how sad this makes your old man. How upset I was at your funeral. She says, I had to call. I know who killed me, daddy. The man who killed me. He's at the house right now. He says, what are you saying to me? She says, he's at the house, Daddy. He wants to kill you, too. The call statics out, and he hangs up the phone. We cut back to Sam and Clark. Sam says, you know, mimicking Dean's one thing, but my dad, that's a hell of a trick. Clark says, well, once I made you two as hunters, it was easy. Found Dean's number, then your number, then your father's number, then to emails, voicemails, everything. You see, people think that stuff just gets erased, but it doesn't. You'd be surprised at how much of yourself is just floating out there, waiting to be plucked. Sam, who has been loosening his wrist ties, says, Dean's not going to fall for this. He's not going to kill that guy. Clark says, then that guy kills him. We cut to Dean, who is waiting inside the cop's house. The cop busts in and shoots at Dean. They fight, and Dean gets the upper hand. We cut back to Sam. Clark says, technology makes life so much easier. It used to be I'd hide in the woods for days, weeks, whispering to people, trying to draw them out into the night. But they had community. They all looked out after each other. I'd be lucky to eat maybe one or two souls a year. But now, when I'm hungry, I simply make a phone call. You're all so connected, but you've never been so alone. (laughs) I'd just like to say that at this point, when he's like, technology makes things so much easier or whatever, the technology song from Napoleon Dynamite popped into my head. Oh, yeah. I love technology, but not as much as you see or something like that. Oh, crud. I don't remember it. I still love technology always and forever. (laughs) Yeah. So, <laughs> so Clark opens up his creepy mouth again, but Sam jumps out of the chair and slams him on the ground. We cut back to Dean and the cop. Dean throws him onto the devil's trap, and the cop says, what is this? Dean says, your funeral. And then he starts reading the exorcism. The cop steps out of the devil's trap and asks, did you do this to my daughter too? Dean says, how the hell did you get out? The cop yells, did you do this to my daughter too? Dean says, wait, this is a mistake. The cop says, you killed her. You killed her, you son of a bitch. And they fight some more. 
We cut back to Sam and Clark still fighting. Sam manages to slam him against a sharp metal hook sticking out of a cork board. Huh? Brain spike. Terrible yeah. way to go. Ugh. It goes through the back of his head. Uh, we cut back to Dean and the cop still fighting. The cop says, she was nine years old. Dean says, wait, stop. I did it. You got to believe me. Dean gets the cop on the ground and the cop starts crying. He says, why did you kill her? Dean says, I'm sorry. I didn't kill your daughter. The cop says, then what are you doing here? Dean says, I don't know. <laughs> we cut to Sam and Dean in their motel room, both looking pretty beat up. Dean says, I see they improved your face. Sam says, <laughs> right back at you. Dean says, so, crocata, huh? That would explain the flies. Sam says, yeah, it would. Hey, uh, look, I'm sorry it wasn't down. Dean says, I gave you a hell of a time on this one. You were right. Sam says, forget about it. Dean says, I can't. I wanted to believe so badly that there was a way out of this. I mean, I'm staring down the barrel at this thing, you know? Hell. For real. Forever. And I'm just, I'm scared, Sam. I'm really scared. Sam says, I know. Dean says, I guess I was willing to believe anything, you know? Last act of a desperate man. Sam says, there's nothing wrong with having hope, you know? Dean says, hope doesn't get you jack squat. I can't expect Dad to show up with some miracle at the last minute. I can't expect anybody to, you know? The only person who can get me out of this thing is me. Sam says, and me. Dean says, and me? Sounds like what? Dean says, deep revelation, having a real moment here, and that's what you come back with? And me? Sam asks, do you want a poem? Dean says, moment's gone. Unbelievable. <laughs> then he turns the TV on and hands Sam a beer. They drink. And credits. <laughs> okay, so I would just like to say that how did that guy not get fired? You know, like... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I <laughs> wonder if the fair, only person he was interacting with was the Crocata, who liked all the filth. Probably. And if he was just like, oh, great, he's going to be oblivious because he's too busy you know, mm-hmm. looking at porn to actually take his job seriously, you right, know, which right. is another thing. But, like, there's got to be more than just the two of them, you know? There yeah, has there, to be. Yeah, it's a there whole building. There has to be. Right. But, ugh. Um, also, the lady that was doing the uh, the quotey fingers and doing, like, the, oh, yeah. the tour, she drove me nuts. Yeah, there's... And we're walking. We like, are walking. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't even mention all that because it was so fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just... Ugh, I couldn't do it. I'm mm-hmm. just like, please get her off the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, also, um, when Sam and Simon... Like, when Sam, like, pulls Simon out of the way of the truck. Right. And they both, like, turn to look at the truck. They look so much alike. It's, like, oh, Sam really? and mini Sam. And, like, they have the same hair, same color. Oh, that's funny. I didn't I notice that. I was just that. like, it's a baby Sam. How cute. <laughs> it was very cute. But, yeah, that those are those are pretty much my only thoughts. I didn't really have anything too spectacular yeah. for this one. What was your favorite moment? Um, when Dean said his ass is too sweet to let out of sight. Because, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> My favorite moment was um, when Dean was like, are you looking at bustyasianbeauties.com? You should get that, that platinum <laughs> membership because it is worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a running joke, like the busty Asian beauties. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. It's and a whole there's thing. a lot of, like, fan merch that has that mentioned on it isn't there like Mm -hmm. the same with the pig in a poke yes i mean mystery spot right and what's the other one that's like pretty i can't remember 
Oh, Casa Erotica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think there's a theme slightly. Yep. Minus the pig and a poke. Although they all do kind of tie together in one way or another. Yeah. So, anyways. I can see it. <laughs> so, our interesting facts for this episode. Um, when the brothers are posing as reporters interviewing the mystery spot owner. Um, Whoa. What? This isn't right. Give me that. I was like... I'm looking at a different episode. <laughs> I was like, um... So, rain hold check that on, one. We already on. did that. Was that the last one? No, that was... No, I just... I don't know. Three episodes back. I don't know what I have going on. Sorry. Here we go. It's all good. Episode all right. 14. Okay. Okay. Round two. So... This looks right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, this looks a little bit better. Uh, Sam and Dean go by the names of Detective Campbell and Detective Raimi. Um, this is a nod to director Sam Raimi and actor Bruce Campbell, who frequently gets cast in Raimi's movies. Okay, so... Raimi? Raimi? Raimi, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sam, um, Sam Raimi is the director for the Evil Dead movies. Okay. And Bruce Campbell is the actor in those movies. Okay. Um. Sam Raimi's brother, Ted Raimi, is totally in um, an episode of Supernatural. He's the one with the wishing well. The wishing well. You know where you throw, they throw this coin. I, I can't spoil it, actually. Yeah, no, don't spoil it. I'll tell it, you when it happens. Yeah. So, anyways, that's exciting because I love the Raimi brothers. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I dressed up as, as um, so Ash is the character he plays from Evil Dead. And mm-hmm. Eric and I, one year... Dressed up as um, good Ash. I was good Ash. And mm. Eric was evil, possessed Ash. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> you know, it would be nice to be able to, like, do Halloween costumes with somebody. Like, mm, not saying any names, <laughs> but somebody <laughs> never, like, come on. Just have some fun. It's Halloween. Like, right. it, it's ridiculous. It's when you're like, no, I'm not doing that. It's like... It's That's just weird. for fun. You're not, you're like taking this way too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Whatever. You're going to a Halloween costume party. You have to wear costume. Oh my a costume. gosh, you didn't dress up to a costume party? No, I did. But he didn't? That's so lame. I got him to wear a flannel and say he was a lumberjack. Ugh, I roll. Yeah. God. That's about as much as I can get. And it's like, listen, there's no, no. He's like, I don't want to do that. Like, come on. Like, Ugh, I'm sorry uh, I had to deal with that. Whatever, it's fine. Moving right along. But it's over now. <laughs> it's over now. Yes. Um, okay, where was I? Oh, so uh, this one says, when Sam tells Dean that he's going to Lainey's house, Dean replies, oh, yeah, great. You go hang out with Jailbait. Just watch out for Chris Hansen. Um, Chris Hansen is a TV journalist on Dateline NBC who hosts a part of the show called To Catch a Predator, which okay. I read. Yeah, yeah. Um... Dean's voicemail says, this is Herman Munster. Leave a message. He is referring to Herman Munster, the Frankenstein monster lookalike lookalike patriarch. That's a hard, that's a tongue twister. Um, In the 1960s sitcom classic, classic, oh boy, (laughs) the monsters. (laughs) I never watched any of those. I haven't seen it. I've heard of it a lot, but I've never seen it. Um, this episode is very similar to the 1963 episode of The Twilight Zone entitled Night Call, where a deceased loved one continues to call. My dad mentioned that today. We were, we were telling him about this episode uh-huh. over dinner, and he was like, oh, like that Twilight episode. And we were like, huh? Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it all checks out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Um, while explaining to Sam about Thomas Edison's birthplace, Dean pronounces the town of Milan, Ohio, as Mill-on, but the actual pronunciation is Mylin. Oh, okay. Well, I said it wrong, too. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's what how they said it in the episode, so. Yeah, yeah. How are we supposed to know? Right. I mean, I guess now we know. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> the more you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's an episode, Wait. This is the same thing. There's an episode of The Twilight Zone with the same title, Long Distance okay, Call. Okay, just blah, go blah, past blah. it. Um, the body count is three for this episode. Stewie, the crocata, and the guy, the the guy who shoots himself. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Yep. Um, and then that is it for our interesting facts. Um, our research for this week is about a crocata. Oh, that's so cool. Um, that's not a real thing. Well. Well, yeah. <laughs> not real, but. Maybe real. It's something that is definitely like a myth. Of, so I was, it was interesting. I was looking up some, uh, some different sites about Krakata, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's a, I don't know if it's like. A D and D thing, if it's like a magic thing, because I know they have different creatures right, and stuff right. in there. But it was some of them are like, oh, you know, if you have a crocata, it'll like it. It has like some lore on it, basically. But yeah. I think it's according to the game, whatever it's getting used in. So this one seemed was the only one that I could find that wasn't like, you know, it'll give you this much experience or whatever. Right. I get what you're saying. Um, which doesn't mean that it's not connected. That it's not just like didn't put that in there and it's based off of some, like, game of some variety, but whatever. We're going with it. That's fine. Um, So this is off of Oratory Prep Omega. That just, like, all together just looked weird. Dot org. Um, Okay. (laughs) um, Titled Let's Get Weird Crocata. Um, For yet another installment of Let's Get Weird, I bring you the tale of the Crocata, probably the most enigmatic of the strangeness I've covered. There have been, so it seems like this is, like, uh, someone's blog kind, kind of, of like, like a blog um like it's got staff writer on here okay so i'm yeah maybe yeah blog we'll go with it um there has been long legends of people disappearing into the woods mimicking calls by malicious creatures and the like although the legends have never been centralized to one or even seven creatures nor are these tales commonly told Forest disappearances can be chalked up to many, many things, most not paranormal. In addition, tales of mimicry are few and far between compared to other ghostly tales. Although, I'd just like to say, Wendigo. Yeah, for real. I was just thinking that. Like, when I was reading this earlier, I was like, Wendigo, Wendigo, Wendigo. I mean, it sounds, like, pretty similar, but the crocata is more of, like, a... Like, an animal. Mm -hmm. Where the Wendigo is, like, a morphed human. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, most of the time, they are also proven, he said, with heavy skepticism, skepticism, (laughs) (laughs) to be other things such as a poltergeist. Um, but in the Eastern Roman, Roman, oh goodness, why, what's happening to me? Okay. But in the Eastern Roman Empire and Ethiopia, a strange combination, a legend is shared giving, giving credence to the idea that something is lurking out there in the night. The crocata was reported many times by traders, mostly of Roman origin, and people living in isolated areas of Ethiopia and Eastern Europe. 
The amount of untranslated surviving primary documents that are accessible on the web, no less, are rare. Um, never mind fully translated documents. I suppose I could translate some Latin, but ancient Ethiopian dialects and Eastern Germanic languages are a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, I have limited information. It's so weird reading this and like first person when it's not me. Yeah, yeah. That's um, okay. We'll go with it, though. Uh, the beast appearance is up to interpretation. However, it is most commonly described as either looking like a feral dog or occasionally human until the time of the killing. So I'm guessing it means, like, when it kills something, then it kind of then morphs it changes, it into, yeah. like, animalist, animalistic. Um, um, as you can tell, their main diet consists of human, human, and more human. Ugh. To attract their prey, however, they use their own weaknesses against them, most commonly using mimicry and sometimes hypnotics, according to some sources. Uh, many disappearances on country farms were said to be due to crocodiles, and of course, people never coming home from a lonely walk in the woods were considered murdered by the creature in small pockets of land it was said to roam. Um, their level of power b- varies based on the ancient Roman author. Um, some say they could only repeat what has been heard. For example, a crocata stalks a farm for a few days. Little Jimmy is playing outside when his mother calls him over. Now, next time little Jimmy's outside alone, he may hear his mother's voice calling him from the woods. So creepy. Yeah. Having no reason to not trust his mother, he goes in to find her. Um, little Jimmy is never found, save for some torn up clothes and grisly remains. Oh. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. Ugh. Um... This is kind of slightly reminding me of, oh, what was it? I think I've said this before. Was it Lady in the Water? Or Lake House, maybe? Lake House? Where oh, it had I that, like, that. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it was, like, a green, like, dog made of grass that had, like, red eyes, and it, like, was trying to, like, break into the, it didn't, like, talk or anything like that, but oh, it was trying to, like, creepy. break in and, like, stuck its head through the dog door or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. anyways. Anywho, um, <laughs> some authors say that they were more sentient than simply being parrots. If it, if in dog form as opposed to human, it is said the crocata has human vocal cords and can speak the language of the region. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, it can create more complex traps. For example, a small caravan of traders is walking along a road in the woods. Suddenly, a woman screams for help that a dog is attacking her, accompanied by the crocata's canine growls piercing the air. Uh, the brave men who go to save the damsel in distress never come back. The peak of the Krakata's power in Legends is said that it can do all the things previously mentioned in addition to reading minds. Ew. I don't like it. <laughs> they are said to mimic the voice of your wife back home or maybe your dead mother. How about your son who died young? If you heard him calling for you by name in the middle of the dark woods, wouldn't you rush to his side? And that's when the crocata strikes. Not only are you weak because you've been isolated, separated from the pack, um, hence almost never leaving the woods, but you are an emotional wreck because of loved ones. Some may be from beyond the grave and they're calling for your help. If the crocata is real, it truly is a cruel beast. Yeah, I was just thinking that is cruel. Mm -hmm. I hate it. But, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, they stayed, I I mean, I don't think that they probably looked up, or Supernatural looked up this specific website, but it's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, it can read minds and mimic voices of dead people to get you to, like, to manipulate you and all that sort of stuff, so... It makes sense wow. according to Supernatural. <laughs> right, right. They did their research. Yeah, they did. It was kind. Of, I like how they do that in this show. Like they, um, they stick pretty close to like the well-known myths. Lore, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I like it. I do too. But. So, what was your agent or aspect moment? <laughs> 
So my, we'll go with Idget moment for this week is, it wasn't my Idget moment. And to be fair, the girl seemed like she was new. Mm-hmm. But we were at Starbucks earlier, and I ordered, um, because this is my favorite Starbucks drink, I ordered a peppermint white chocolate mocha frappuccino. Right. Just like peppermint white chocolate blended thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, between you ordering and me ordering, it was just a fiasco. Like, it took us, like, five minutes just to, like, this is these are our three drinks that we want. Like can, like yeah. why this is not that difficult. Like And when what? you when you ordered, she was like, "Oh, you want a peppermint white chocolate mocha." And then what kind of frappuccino? Like she didn't realize that was all one drink. Yeah, I was just like, "Um." And so eventually she got it and like we looked at the screen and everything was right. Mm-hmm. But when we got our drinks, like the one of them that you had is like, "Can you put some half and half in it?" Yeah. And there was nothing in it. <laughs> yeah. And then mine came without freaking coffee. It was just like a milk and peppermint blend. Like yeah. literally it was just like iced. It looked it was like, like snow. milk yeah. and ice and some peppermint blended all. Like that was all that was in it. Right. I was just like, how did we get that? I mean, I guess it was a Frappuccino. Yeah. Some are, some Frappuccinos don't have coffee in it. Yeah. But, like they have the white, but they're called something different. Like a, there's like a vanilla bean Frappe yeah. or something like that. There's like the, the green tea, all these different things or, or Frappuccino, mm-hmm. I guess not Frappe. Um, what is Frappe? Isn't that like McDonald's or something? Like I that? don't know. I don't know. I don't Anyways. Know. <laughs> but yeah. So I was just kind of like, are you kidding me? And so we get back and of course I didn't like, tasted or anything in front of her I was just kind of confused I was like whatever and so (laughs) then I had to come back and Lynn made her strong coffee (laughs) (laughs) and blended it both together you know just kind of did it that way but I was just like man it's such a bummer still like I wanted to have like the the slushy coffee. Right. You know? Totally. I'm and sorry. And it was just cold coffee. And it tasted good once the coffee was in there or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like, man, why is It's not happening? what you ordered. It's not what you were looking forward to. No. Mm-mm. So, and I think she was new. I think she was new because she didn't know, like, I had a couple of gift cards and I was like, can you put these on my card so then that way you just like use it and get points that way or mm-hmm. whatever and she's like yeah and then she's like hey, I don't know and she's like talks to her co-workers like I don't know what's happening can you do this for and me? so her or co-worker whatever. like goes to do it and instead of watching what she does so that she can learn how to do it she just, just walks off <laughs> she just ha- started helping someone else in the drive through yeah and I was like dude you're never gonna learn if you don't watch yeah I mean to be fair there's like four cars behind us true but still, but still you those know, cars might need you to do the same thing mm-hmm. you know yeah eric does that all the time through the drive-thru has money transferred onto the card mm-hmm. so she's got to learn how to do it she's gotta do it yeah yeah she was super nice though she was nice but you could tell she was a little bit nervous mm-hmm. and so I, I like i hesitate in calling her an idiot because it's oh, really no. like she totally not new. her fault but yeah. also at the same time it was like man yeah, i wanted a coffee drink and i did not get coffee yeah yeah at all but i'm sorry yeah it was what it was so what was your idiot or aspect moment? Okay. So the other day I woke up with a totally sore back. Now I have two herniated discs in my lower back. So like I did this like 15 years ago and most of the time it doesn't bother me at all. But a couple times a year, you know, it bugs me. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably normal. So um, 
I woke up with a bad backache and, you know, just took it easy all day. And then the next day it was feeling a little bit better. So mm-hmm. I decided that we were going to clear out our library because we were just using, besides holding all of our books, mm-hmm. we had a lot of just like storage crap in it. Mm-hmm. And we used it for Killian's, excuse me, Killian's changing room Yeah. Um, when he wore diapers. Mm-hmm. So there was like, you know, a changing table in there mm-hmm. and like a diaper genie and yeah. all this stuff. So I was like, let's clean this out and make it a playroom. Mm-hmm. So I got all gung-ho and spent all day doing it. Um, and Eric helped a little bit. You know, he helped with the heavier stuff. But mm-hmm. like, I just, I don't know if it's that much physical activity. Like the next day I woke up and my back was like, nope. You're not moving. You're done. Uh, so, this is not how so, go. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's been a week. Like, every single day has just been, like, not getting better, hurting in different ways, you know. So, um, so anyways, so I have a bad back. And um, yesterday we went to Port Townsend uh, to visit my friend Diana, who lives out there. And um, to drive there, it's, like, a little over two hours. Not that big of a deal. And... Um, we went to the beach. We got some food. We had a really good time. And Diana's like, oh, you guys should just come over, you know, mm-hmm. to her house. And so we get there. And Diana's like, oh, we're, do you want to have some drinks? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of course. And Diana and I drinking together <laughs> usually ends up with both of us throwing up in the bathroom. Oh, no. You know? But that's after lots and lots of dancing and yeah. shots and more yeah. shots. and <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Diana, but I just, I love her to death. And we just, we just drink a lot together. It's something we do together. That's you just, just some you just, people you do certain things with and, you know. Yeah, it just, uh, <laughs> I'm not complaining, but Diana, more than anybody else I've ever met in my life, <laughs> makes me dance, you know. And uh, yeah. she used to have these kitchen dance parties at her house when she lived in Tukwila. Mm-hmm. She had a big kitchen and we would all just come over and put mm. on wigs and lipstick and <laughs> dance and Eric and um, and our friend Jason would always have these dance fights yeah. where they'd like pretend to kick one and they'd be like oh and then they'd do a little dance move. <laughs> interpretive dancing. There's so much interpretive dancing. It's just great. It's always a great time and yeah. And we just we just did that last night. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I was drunk <laughs> and I was just dancing my butt off. Killian was dancing his butt off. It was awesome. And then um, sounds like a good time. It was a great time. I really enjoyed myself, but but I got drunk and so I couldn't feel my back hurting. Yeah. And so I danced too much for the back pain. So I was just a dumbass idiot. <laughs> too and, hardcore. Yeah. And today my back is hurting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's my fault. I'd love to blame Diana, but it's my fault. <laughs> so that's my idiot moment. Well, it was fun. I had a good time. We do those things to ourselves sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspitspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thank you. Thank you.